0: This is Karen Kelly and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests and the occasional celebrity guests. So my guest today is travel counsellor Emma Forrester. So welcome Emma. Thanks Karen. So you're in a really trying industry at the moment with everything that's gone on over the last 12 months. But when did your interest first, you know, begin in travel as such? Clearly, it was before all the pandemic and COVID-19. So when did your passion for travel first begin? I think my
1: my passion for travel started when I was four years old and we went to stay with a family in Brittany in France and, and I was immersed in the French language, the French culture and just found something different and from that time on just love experiencing different com-
0: cultures yeah. um, and study languages then at university as well. Brilliant, so what languages do you speak? Just, you, are you fluent in, in French maybe? I was
1: fluent in French. <laughs> um, it's a little bit rusty now but um, Italian is really my passion and oh, Italy beautiful. as a country as well. So yes I studied Italian.
0: So when did you start your journey then as a travel counsellor? So that all happened last year um, and I decided to have a completely different
1: um, different or, or go down a completely different career path and, and change of career um, and I took redundancy and came out of my long-standing career in HR and recruitment and decided that this is something I've always wanted to do and if I don't do it now
0: when you would I do it. yeah so exactly. yeah so I think it was was it February last year you were saying you started it and yeah I, that's right I suppose Covid was kind of in you know it was around us but we didn't really know to what extent so it must have been really quite worrying for you at the time when this obviously travel was the first thing to to kind of stop. So, how did this affect you and what was going through your mind at the time? Do you know when I started, I didn't really think
1: about it at all because I don't think it had really hit us at that point. No, no. It was it was something that was happening in China. Yeah. And and that was it. And it was only as I was training that we started to hear about st- the um, issues in ski resorts. And then there was somebody in the Southeast who'd contracted it, but that was all after I'd actually started. Um, And I remember I did some training and the beginning of March, I was um, in our head office, which is by the Trafford Centre and our board of directors were all there. And running around and running into meeting rooms and and we could really tell that something quite yeah. serious was yeah. was happening and, and planes were starting to be grounded. Yeah. So that was literally as
0: I started. So did you have many clients that had booked with you at that time? I know it was early days probably for your business, but did you have many, you know, clients who had booked holidays?
1: No, I didn't personally. So in that way, I was fortunate because I didn't have to unravel lots of holidays. Um, But I've I've got many colleagues who have spent the last 12 months cancelling and rearranging multiple holidays for people, you know, up to five times over the last 12 months. But for me, I was at quote stage with lots of people. So it was more a case of the holiday that they were planning and looking forward to for the summer of last year didn't happen
0: yeah so what's the difference then between a travel counselor and a travel consultant okay so so i suppose i am a travel consultant um the reason
1: I'm called a travel counselor is that's the company that I work for. Right. Okay. So it's it's travel counselors, and it's um it's run on a franchise model. So there are many of us in the country, and we all run our own business and can shape it in the way that we want to, yeah. and the type of travel that we are experienced in or that we want to specialise in. Um, but that's the name of the company that I effectively that am aligned to. For.
0: So can you tell us exactly what you do and what services you offer tell our listeners because we're all be, we're all be going to be gagging to get away on holiday we need yeah. the information <laughs> So
1: so I suppose if you think about you know busy lives that that we all lead at the moment and having specialists to help you in all areas of your life then uh, what I would love to become and I have become for certain people is their personal travel organiser Yeah we all
0: need one don't we we all need yeah
1: so so it's getting to know what somebody really wants what they really enjoy you know even down to the detail of what seats they like on a plane that sort of thing so that it becomes easy um, for a customer to just give me a call and say this is the sort of thing I'm thinking about and I'll know what their preferences are or even where I'd love to get to is the stage where I'm ringing them to say I've seen this, I know this is the sort of thing that you're thinking of next, what do you think? But it, it means that I um, it's a very personal service yeah. and I am there from the beginning to the end. So I'm there right the way through the holiday should anything go wrong. I don't have a nine to five office. I work flexibly around my customers as well. So I do do quite a bit of work on the in the evenings and on weekends yeah. whenever people want to speak to me really.
0: So, are you a national company or are you global? Do you cover customers, or, or you know, from all over the globe, as such? Travel counselors are global, and
1: yeah. they have offices in a number of different countries. But equally, as you can imagine people who are travel counsellors absolutely adore travel it's their passion so I've got colleagues who live all over the world but still serve their their customers in the UK because we can be completely flexible Um, one of my one of my colleagues has taken up the offer to go and work for a year in Barbados Mm, and so she's living out there and it doesn't matter where we are
0: yeah
1: because we've got
0: the technology to just to serve our customers from from wherever yeah, that's one great thing that we're doing more of now. As a result of the pandemic, we are, you know, using the internet more and people are, you know, using Zoom more and, and similar kind of uh, platforms. And I think that will be the way forward for a lot yeah. of people now, won't it? Yeah. So how, how did you kind of keep your business going, say, you know, during 2020 last year? I know we had three lockdowns and there was kind of, sporadic months where people could go away and then it was changed again. It was a really kind of yeah. worrying time. So how did you keep your business going?
1: So I think for me, um, I had made a quite a serious commitment to change my career. And so I, I decided to stick with it through yeah. the pandemic and not go out and get um, temporary work or any other work so what it gave me was the chance to develop myself and i've thrown myself into training and development so i have done things like i'm accredited to sell um australia because i had a number of clients who were looking at their dream holiday to australia i've tried to to steer my training in in ways that i know will benefit myself and my customers um so i've done all sorts of training with hotel groups with countries um just to to upskill myself really and also I've continued networking which has really helped me from um, a mental health point of view just to to be around positive (laughs) like-minded people so that's been really great as well
0: yeah networking is absolutely fantastic and I love I actually love the way it's done now via zoom or you know streamlining with Facebook I think it's a really great way to do it from the comfort of your own home yeah so what's your area of expertise? I know you said you've obviously recently looked at Australia. Are there particular countries that you kind of are more knowledgeable on or that, you know, you kind of lean to more? Yeah, my, um,
1: I suppose my preferred holidays are those that aren't as easy for people to book themselves. Yes. So that's a, a tour or um, um, a holiday where you are going to more than one place. Yes. So Australia is an example of that where you want to be planned if you're going to go to Australia and you yeah. and and it's giving people the options of what they can do and the areas that they can see other areas that I've um, done some work in are things like a, a tour of South Africa, where wow. you can combine some beach, maybe the garden route, safari, um, Sri Lanka is another one that I'm focusing on at the moment, because that is, is the sort of holiday where you want to see the country and experience yeah. the culture. So it's those slightly more complex holidays, whether that's for a family, yeah. including some activities, or whether that's for um, adult only. So yeah, those those real lifetime experiences that are yeah.
0: harder to put so we, together yourself. A few years ago, we booked a holiday to see my brother in Italy, and we were traveling around, and we could have done with somebody with your services, because it was really quite complicated and stressful trying to you know grab the right train grab the right flight and make sure we could get to a hotel and that there was you know the, tran- the transition times and things and it was quite stressful it took us quite a long time to do but um, at least someone like you takes all that stress away. Yeah and it's a quick text
1: or a call if a, if a transfer goes wrong or you miss a connection or something like that it's just having that person there that gives you the confidence to do that sort of travel.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, did you have just going back to last year? Did you have many clients that maybe got stuck anywhere at all during the summer of last year?
1: No, I didn't personally. I was I was lucky with that. But I, because I just started my business, I did have friends and people I knew who were struggling, yeah. and I was able to at least look for them and help them. Um, I think I had a couple of friends who had. Um, children who were backpacking on their gap year for example stuck in various places around around the world and uh probably quite similar to your experience as well karen australia was a really difficult one to get back from yeah um so it's just i did i did offer my sort of guidance and obviously i've got access to to all the airlines and look at all the flights that are going so i was able to help a few people in that way as well last year
0: i mean it was a shock to everybody um how travel was affected because um, you were hearing all sorts of stories. I mean, for our listeners, I've talked about when I was stuck in Australia, you know, nearly a year ago, um, not for long, but still, all the flights were cancelled. And you heard all these stories that flights were taking off and then coming back into land again. I don't quite know how how that would work. They'd be full of uh, fuel. However, there were the yeah. stories people were were hearing, or yeah. they were diverted yeah. and offloading passengers because they, they were going to be grounded. And yeah the expense of some of those flights to, to get home were phenomenal I mean I bet you couldn't yeah. believe what was happening to the industry no and it was a case at the time of just booking
1: flights and dealing with the financial side of yeah. it later just yeah. to get people home and there were places like Peru was was one particular country where there were an awful lot of people there yeah. and the repatriation flights were continuing
0: yeah. for a long time I remember my experience, and I'm sure your friends may have experienced it as well, but I remember ringing the British consulate and um, around the UK as well, and they, their words were, I'm sorry, we can't help you, it's out of our hands, and I think when you hear that from people like, you know, in that industry, in that business, do you think they're there to help you, we knew we were totally on our own, and it was a really scary yeah. time. Yeah, really frightening really frightening and so complex yes definitely but then a year prior to that the year before I'm sure it was 2019 wasn't it when Thomas Cook went under yes so it yes. really has had a double whammy hasn't it yeah it has there have been a lot of things I mean
1: it just while I was training in January flyby um yeah. went down yeah. and then there were the storms as well which grounded some people in in the that was late January, early February. So so 2020 was a was a difficult year to yeah. start with for yeah. travel before the pandemic really started. So, yeah, yeah let's I mean, hope things will get better now.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because I my, my career was cabin crew in the 90s, in the early millennium years as such. So I've got a real, um, you know, I'm really kind of, kind of passionate about airlines and cabin crew and what they've been through and things like that. Do you think it will ever recover to what it was How do you see the future as such for travel and airlines and cabin crew? I think it will come back, but I think
1: things will change slightly. Um, And it has been said by a number of people, it's reported in the press quite a lot, that it will be really important and people will understand the importance of using a trusted travel advisor again. And also going with companies who have... um, customer friendly terms and conditions so knowing that your your money is safe with the company that you book with
0: yeah
1: I also think the types of holidays may change and and that may gradually come back to more of the way it was but we're certainly seeing a trend towards um accommodation that is more private people are wanting more villas or just accommodation with private pools rather than being in a huge hotel with lots of other people
0: yeah 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 to keep themselves safe and of course yeah june this year is supposed to be when a lot of the restrictions are lifted and the social distancing and wearing the masks and things like that but obviously people will probably continue to do that for quite some time won't they yes i think so and and it depends in different countries as well the regulations in different countries um will we'll require different things for longer. What do you think will happen with regards to the vaccinations? Because people might want to know that they will, will they be having certificates that are required to travel? And will people be allowed in certain countries if they haven't had the vaccination, for example? There is a definite push from the travel industry to go down the road of a travel
1: passport. Yeah. What the government decide, I don't know any more than anybody else but what I can say is that there are a lot of countries pushing for us to adopt a travel passport Um, so for example the Seychelles have just said that they are open and they will open to anyone who can prove that they have had the vaccinations needed so that would be some form of travel passport and there are lots of countries that are, are really pushing for that now
0: yeah so, OK, then. So for our listeners, we're all desperate to get away. It's going to be our go to. It's going to be the first thing we do. As soon as they show that green light, we're going to be there. So are there any countries that you would recommend your your clients to go to and any countries that you would maybe avoid at the moment?
1: Yeah. So um, for Europe, I would definitely say Greece and Cyprus. They are desperate for us to come back to their countries they're so reliant on tourism um what I would say for those countries is that if you're looking to go in the school holidays I would book before they announce the opening but I would book very carefully looking at the terms and conditions and get a flexible um contract where you can change if needed or even hopefully have your full money back um, and that's because they're so popular that they may well run out of capacity for the school holidays
0: yeah
1: outside of school holidays not quite the same issue um, but yeah Greece and Cyprus very positive and then further further away um the Maldives is is a really um sought after location at the moment and that's because they're small islands yeah so, therefore, low risk. Um, obviously, an expensive choice, but if safety is paramount and getting away to that beautiful beach, then the Maldives is amazing. Um, and still, some quite good deals there. And then, um, places like the Seychelles, as I've just said, there's a few places starting to say now that they are open. Um, apart from that, a couple of countries like Sri Lanka is actually desperate to get tourists in
0: um,
1: and they are open and they've got some quite um, different protocols where you can go to all the tourist areas and and that's allowed under their health and safety rules but you can't do things like take a public train at the moment now that may change by the time we get to the summer but Sri Lanka is definitely looking positive the Caribbean I would say is is looking okay not as positive as the Countries that I've mentioned, but just because they've got quite complicated testing regimes at the moment, but those could
0: relax. And then I would say the Caribbean, um, is looking quite good, is good, yeah. So, how about, um, I mean, you never mentioned Spain, which is a popular one, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so with Spain, it they are desperate again, and it may be that we go back to what we had before where certain areas of Spain open yeah and not the mainland so say the balearics um okay. but the difficulty with spain at the moment is their vaccination program isn't going as quickly as, quickly, no. as yeah. our government would like so although some of these countries would love to have us back it's down to our government to decide the risk of us going there and then coming back again so are they not Are those countries not open then to us at the moment <laughs> they are open it's whether we can get back into the UK right
0: okay yeah yeah
1: so and that obviously we can't go anywhere at the moment but when that does reopen which countries will our government allow us to go to
0: so how about um policies for example due to the pandemic and how quickly things can change if things were to go the wrong way again if people book a villa or a hotel or a flight is it going to be quite easy for them to change that holiday? Not just within a, you know, a few months as such, but how? what kind of extension would they get to rebook that holiday? It really depends on the um, holiday provider,
1: but I would say uh, many are offering up to the end of 2022 at the moment and some are offering even further forward yeah. than that.
0: Yeah, that's good. And have yeah. you found that prices have really increased or do you find that people because they need the business they've decreased prices how are you finding you know the kind of cost of things overall I would say um, they
1: certainly haven't decreased there are certain holidays that you can find at a similar value but um, because there aren't as many flights as there were pre-pandemic at the moment um, a lot of holidays are more expensive
0: a shame isn't it because you think mm. if anything they'd be trying to help people to get a holiday rather yeah. than making it harder I mean I appreciate that flight costs would go up but I mean only because I see I've been bitten by that uh, when I got stuck I was telling you before it cost me and my sister over thirteen thousand pounds for a one-way ticket to get back I know, crazy, it's, I know. Isn't it? it's ridiculous um, and it just makes me wonder that you know why they do that to people people can't afford prices at this time now to increase can they no
1: so I think it really depends what you're looking for so the the sorts of holidays that are um selling out and have really got a premium are these private holidays so even to have um even if it's in a resort a hotel resort to have a villa on the grounds of that resort yeah so that you're not in a hotel room next to lots of other hotel rooms. Those sorts of um, properties or types of accommodation are selling out quicker, and they are um, commanding a premium
0: price. Yeah. So, what advice would you give to our listeners who desperately want to get away? They're not sure where to go, but they obviously they are reserved just in case things should go wrong again. What advice would you give to them to make sure that they're covered? So, I would say. In terms of price,
1: start looking now before the government say things are open because it yeah. will go crazy once yeah. once that happens, um, particularly, as I say, for school holidays. I would also say be very careful who you book with. Always book a package tour. So that's book, don't book your flights and your accommodations separately, but book them all together so that you're covered by package travel regulations.
0: That's interesting. Which means, that's interesting, mm, actually, because normally a lot of people will do that separately. We certainly yeah. do. Book the flight yes. separately, then look at the accommodation. So you wouldn't recommend that?
1: No, because you're not covered by package travel regulations if you do that. Right. So if I give you the example of them saying I'm just making this one up but okay all passengers from Portugal you are going to have to quarantine as you are at the moment um, actually because well Portugal was in the red zone you are reliant on the airline company and the accommodation provider to out of goodwill refund you with package travel regulations if there's a substantial change to your holiday which makes it different to the one that you booked, i.e. you have to quarantine for two weeks yeah. at the end of your holiday. You're covered by package travel regulations.
0: Right. So
1: that they have an obligation to provide you with a refund.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Mm. So, so let's talk about staycations then. I mean, yeah. they're going to be really popular this year. So what kind yes. of areas of the country are more popular? Anything Wales, coastal.
1: yeah anything coastal I would say Devon and Cornwall again I'm talking school holidays are really sold out for August um Mm -hmm. and commanding a premium price this year there are still there is still accommodation in rural areas away from the coast but certainly I mean the the UK market is so busy and we're doing so much work on staycations at the moment um so, but there are some amazing companies that we found out about and we're working with doing all sorts of different things like activity holidays, walking holidays, cycling holidays, or just special special interest holidays as well in the UK. Yeah. So there's there's lots of things that that you can do that maybe you've never thought about before if if that holiday to the sun was always your
0: go-to holiday in the yeah. past if you can't so if you can't get a coastal holiday in the UK due to demand then there's other things available maybe more activities yeah. and uh, yeah. like an active holiday
1: and don't forget that that um, June July and September are still lovely months in the UK so yeah. if you're not restricted to school holidays then they're a lovely time and there's a little bit more availability then as well
0: yeah so you'd recommend that people book now outside of the school holidays no matter which country
1: yes I would say so yes as long as you're you're very careful about the provider that you go with
0: yeah do you know I could talk to you all day I've got a million questions <laughs> in my head I could keep on going it's so interesting and I'm just trying to think is if there's anything that our listeners would want to hear that we've not covered so the countries that are kind of a green light as such we've got Greece yes Cyprus uh, yes. Spain obviously is a bit of a a, a grey area at the moment obviously to the vaccinations but we will be updated won't we obviously by our lovely Boris on which countries are kind of catching up to us won't we
1: yeah so what's happening at the moment is the government is talking to all these countries yeah and formulating their their plan through the travel task force and they're due to report back on the 12th of April yeah and so we will and so countries like Greece uh, we're hearing all this that the things we hear in the press about this country's open to Brits, that we're definitely inviting you in this summer. This is because they're pitching to the UK government at the moment. Yeah, 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 But they have to prove that it's safe. Yeah. And then the governments are also thinking about, are we going to have travel corridors again? Are we going to quarantine? Are we going to have vaccine passports? Are we going to um, require testing it's all these different things that they are considering yeah and we should know about on the 12th of April as to which way they'll go
0: but that should be a temporary measure anyway shouldn't it yes maybe for this year maybe or the next 12 months maybe yeah so my hope is that
1: the big resorts um Will and certain companies as well will will support whatever decision the government makes. So, for example, if you do need testing before you come back into the UK, many of the big hotel chains are offering that, and at at a a reduced price. So, I think things will evolve when they know the travel industry knows what the government wants to do next.
0: Yeah, and also just before we go, even though I don't want to because I could talk all day about this, (laughs) can you give us an example? say, for a family of four, say, who wanted to go to Greece and maybe stay in a four-star hotel or a five-star hotel for a week, what kind of cost would they expect to pay this year? I know you said they they kind of stayed the same, but there are going to be premiums as well. So what kind of cost would they expect to pay? Oh,
1: I would say um there are there are some deals and discounts at the moment with the big the big chains that we know um oh it's a difficult question for the for the summer holidays I would say you are looking at six thousand minimum for a family of four currently it could cost an extra two thousand pounds for the um, testing costs on top of a holiday now I don't believe that that will stay because that's not sustainable for our outbound tourism if a family of four have to pay that sort of money so that's where um, the big travel companies are lobbying the government at the moment to change that but that is something that I would just say people need to be aware of that is as it currently stands the sort of prices that we're talking about
0: Okay, so going back to booking of the holiday then, I know you said you recommended package holidays, I won't go over that again as such, but obviously anybody who maybe wanted to book a villa separately, that's a definite no-no. Not advisable. If you do want to do that, you really need to check the the
1: small print of the villa company because prior, but it's prior less... to
0: the pandemic people have been getting caught out haven't they anyway yes and losing yes. their money they get you know follow a link and it goes to the wrong owner kind of thing but obviously at this time we can't afford for things to go wrong for our travelers can we it's, they've got to get it right first time really haven't they yes so it's it's booking with a reputable company I'll always do a little bit of research about that company yeah
1: or come through a travel agent who will advise you on all of that
0: yeah and of course insurance and everything is covered you you cover all that as well everything's under one roof with you isn't it
1: yes and that is the one that the sort of other thing I was going to say is real strong advice to make sure that you are adequately insured
0: when you travel at this moment
1: in time and that you have covid travel cover
0: Oh I really could talk to you all day honestly it's been absolutely just fantastic to talk to you today Emma. So for our listeners then who might have any questions who are think or who are thinking I've got to book with this lady she knows everything and it's all under one roof. How can how can our listeners get in touch with you? Yes you can find me um
1: if you google Emma Forrester travel counselor. Yeah. I have my own website you'll find me on Facebook, you'll find me on LinkedIn um and I also have a mobile number that I you can attach
0: yeah you're you're okay uh, to attach that as well are you
1: absolutely yes
0: perfect ah well I wish you all the best for 2021 I really hope things will get busy for you which I know they will because I know a million people myself (laughs) that are going to get away um (laughs) and I wish you all the best with your fantastic franchise so so well done and uh, keep up the great work oh thank you very much Karen it's been great to talk to you You've been listening to An Appetite for Life sponsored by Daybank House Dental Practice where happiness starts with a smile. If you are interested in any of my packages or wish to be a guest on this show then you can contact me via my social media pages Karen Kelly Podcasts, or send an email to Kelly at btinternet.com